Welcome to the Harbinger of Fun podcast. I'm Joe Mars, the Harbinger of Fun, and I'd like to talk about what makes something fun, why it matters, and how to wield its mighty powers. So, without further ado, on to the show. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Hey, Joe. It is going well. Going well. Right on. That's Guess good. what I learned? <laughs> what did you learn? Why when you work on stuff, and it matters that there's a lo- some sort of authenticity. Um, commercials are so fake. Advertising is so fake. Like, like one of these days, like, there was this time when I was, I was like, tripping balls on LSD. And what happened was that I was watching these commercials, and I couldn't help but to think that everything like you know it didn't work on you anymore you know like like for you to like jump in it like you know like when you're watching a movie like this is um so you should you suspend your belief you know suspense yeah uh, your your belief yeah <laughs> i mean it would be yeah um yeah yeah but 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 you you bring up a, a really good a really good subject which is uh authenticity in in your creation and what you're creating um because one 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 thing I like I write about and I and I like I've seen is that really um, like being authentic to yourself is a way to guarantee that your product is fun. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like it's kind of it's kind of it's it's sort of weird um, because. So, so fun is about discovery, right? It's about like people discovering new things that are, that are true in the context of whatever you're creating, et cetera. Um, and the thing is like, people don't know exactly how you think. So it's going to be new to them when you expose them to your thought process or your ideas or stuff like that. How, but if you like, for example, like, um, I'm just, I don't know, South Park keeps popping in my head. So like mm-hmm. the, the style of, of, of Trey Parker and Matt Stone's writing uh, and their and their story delivery is very unique to them um but if south park were to homo- homogenize and just turn it look at like formulas and just kind of do what works in the market or whatever it would be like the most forgettable show ever but instead because it's like true to them and how they think and it's it's almost like it almost has no filter um you get like that's why it's really fun because it has these really cool discovery moments because it's so authentic to how the creators are thinking. Yep. Um, do you know? Do you know of any other examples of like of where you would see something like this? Well, you know, it's like um, they they always say, write what you know, you know, and, and then that that yeah. becomes something uh, really important through experience. There's metaphysical um, like a, a you know like a process like um, where. Um, when something's ingrained in the person, the experience that happens to them, they do bring it with them. It becomes part of their character. Every time people try to be like something else, um, they're, you know, it throws their character off. Like people can tell because they don't have the experience and they don't have, the, um, and, 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 you know, not only do they not have the experience, but then there's just something like, you know, uh, just everything, just in general, how they carry themselves. Uh, but, only because like it wasn't like in the movies in the 90s in the movies in the 80s i watch older movies um like there was something in the writing right um uh, that seems to 
um, really, um, you know, it was like set foundation. Like um, it was just done really well. And new movies now, it's like um, it, it's it, it's it's like you know they all it's like they have a formula, and and everyone uses the same formula. You need like a a certain level of exposition, and you need zingers. You know, like oh, this person said this. Now I need to say that. Um, and you know, and yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's a good point because um, uh, I I think one thing that I I. I, I, I will agree with you that I feel like older movies were a little more authentic. Um, and just because there was less, there was less, uh, there was less things to, to base your, there was no, no formulas, you know, like you were kind of yeah. just making stuff up uh, as you went along. And that's the reason why, you know, Walt Disney was able to do like Snow White and stuff because he was just doing like, okay, how can I hold an audience's attention watching a cartoon for, an hour and a half, you know? So, so that's, he wasn't going off of like tropes of animated films because it was the first animated film uh, or one of the, there's another one like in Europe somewhere, but like, uh, but I, I do feel like nowadays it's gotten a little more formulaic or a lot more formulaic, especially today. Yeah. Um, and, and it, it kind of, it kind of ruins that, that discovery, you know, it ruins that, 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 uh, it, it, it's so yeah it's, it's very it, things are a lot more formulaic and so you can predict what the outcome is going to be of the movie or at least the beats of the movie um for for people who are like more interested in the storytelling and things like that yeah uh, i feel like the general audience is going to be okay with whatever <laughs> but like but like uh, yeah. yeah but like but people who are like really into the story or the characters or storytelling yeah. or whatever um yeah. or movie buffs they're going to recognize these tropes right away and yeah I think that's why I just, that, but that's the, also the importance of discovery is that is I feel like people rely on these tropes because it worked before and they're, and they're too, it's, it, it costs a lot of money to make a movie and it costs, there's a lot on the line. So why logically you're like, well, why would I go and try this different thing if I know this formula works and then, and then you do that formula. But, you know, ironically the biggest hits and the biggest, the, the most fun, you can create for an audience is in that discovery of something that, you know, people have not been exposed to before. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it, it definitely, um, you know, and, and then, you know, bringing back to like, you know, those, um, uh, you know, engagement and, and so on and so forth that, that, you know, that they, they stick to it. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Um, that discovery is so important and, um, so here's the interesting thing. Uh, yeah, as you were saying this, I was, I was thinking about um, why I wanted to ask you. So why do you think um, seeing that these movies are so formulaic and seeing that they are, you know, and, and clearly, clearly a person who is uh, thinking about this, looking at this, um, would would not necessarily accept this, but why do the majority of people accept this? What do you think? Why do they follow that way? Do you mean a majority of creators or audience? Audience. Uh, why, why are they? Because the, to the person who's a movie buff, right? To the uh -huh. person who is looking at the story and can clearly see the pattern, you know, they're they're obviously not sold on this. Right. Why? Why? Why are the why is the audience majority of well, the audience? So Chris Jericho is a pro wrestler. He has a really good quote. 
uh, he said you can either be you can either be critical or you could be entertained. <laughs> and I think that that kind of sums it up where I think the general audience accepts, you know, the, the, you know, the, 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 the rom-com that's been around for the last 40 years, except with different actors. Mm-hmm. Um, the general audience accepts it because the, because they, they will, they will buy into <clears throat> like, Oh, this time it's, Gwyneth Paltrow with with Seth Meyers or whatever, um, uh, and and so so it's like oh cool that's different and this time they're in a Hawaiian island during a tornado and like that that rapper I like to call that the rapper the the story of it not the underworking mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, if you change the rapper, that's usually enough for most people to be like oh this is new, um, and the and the the sad truth is that for these tropes they're they're tropes for a reason because they i mean because they do work <clears throat> um they i mean they do engage you they do there's a hook there's there's always like and then you know 45 minutes into it the villain does something and like the 15 minutes before the end of the film the villain does something even more evil to reestablish that he's a bad guy so there there are these tropes and they do work for a reason but it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that it's I mean, it's very much not authentic. The fact that you are doing this to uh, this timed formula, um, and so so and so you can so you could have some. It's like it's like fast food. Like it, there's not there's no real food in there. It's it's mostly like <laughs> sawdust or whatever. But it's enough food to satiate you and trick your body and mind, right? But if you want like a real satisfying experience, you know, you need real food, and that's kind yep. of what I'm getting to is that. Yeah, these things work, but people aren't really discovering anything new or cool. They're enough to get you along and through the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think these tropes are the equivalent of fast food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So, uh, <laughs> uh, um, so and, you know, and it, and I can only imagine that what it does to the you know. It, so it makes sense for one interesting thing of you know you know um, you know uh, it. It only makes sense that uh, that uh, Virgo would be very critical of their audience as well. <laughs> Take the opposite route of Jericho. <laughs> you don't remember what he says, so you could attack him. <laughs> That's true. You know what's funny is I is I think uh, Jericho said that for the opposite reason of me. Of he wanted the critics to just enjoy the show, mm, um, yeah. and so which I agree with also. But yeah, um, of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Well, here's another really interesting thing. Okay, so um, that was uh, against the audience, but now against the creator. Why are creators defaulting to such tropes, to such petty ways? So what I've seen uh, in the game industry, because that's that's where I've spent my career the longest in video games, is that a lot of students and young designers will come up to me and they will say like, oh, this is like Contra, but with X, or this is like, uh, this is like Call of Duty, but with Y. And so they don't even realize, because that's their like frame of reference. They're, they're just kind of using that because, because uh, that's where, they're, that's where they're, they're like, oh, they want to make Call of Duty, but except you could fly or whatever. Um, and so I don't even think they are, I don't know if it's the schools or what, but they're not thinking about, you know what, actually I, I do kind of know. 
Because nobody has bothered, nobody, not bothered, but people think it's impossible to identify what makes something fun. So they go, well, hopscotch is fun. Let's do hopscotch, but with grenades. Like they just, they just kind of do what's there already. And then they add something to it, but you're never understanding why the thing that's there is fun to begin with. And I'm the only insane person who in the world who said like, I'm going to figure out what something, what makes something fun. And so I, so I don't blame when people use tropes because because there's no, no one has really said like, okay, why, 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 why does engagement work? Why does tension work? Why does all this stuff work? <clears throat> people know it in their industry. Like people wrote a lot of books about what makes a good comic book or a good movie or whatever. But when you, when you understand what makes something fun at a core, you don't have to worry about any tropes at all. And I just think that people, th that this information has not gotten out to people about like, here's what makes something engaging for an audience uh, and end. And now base your creation off of this versus, you know, having to start with Super Mario Brothers or Tetris or something like that. Mm -hmm. So essentially they're not thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, no, no, this is a real thing. As I, was, I was looking to this. This is what separated the Greeks uh, from all the other, um, uh, you know, uh, society civilizations is uh -huh. that um, they, they, they believe that um, that wisdom uh, um, you know, those pound wisdom and how you receive it um, is that it's because you had time to think about it. And, you know, and the, the problem is that we live in such an ADD world, right? That people um, we're, are just, they're skipping the thinking part. That's the hard part that makes the brain hurt. <laughs> so it seems <laughs> as though <laughs> it's like, I love Call of Duty and I love swords. Call of Duty with swords, let's do it. You know, like, and you know, they skipped to the ending, didn't they? Um, they didn't even think about all the things that need that need to be done, or even better yet, like why it, or how does that establish like um like the scenario that would would be fun? Like, you know, Call of Duty became a container of what they thought fun is. Um yeah. but they couldn't identify in there what made Call of Duty fun. So they're not thinking. And, and you're, you, you realize you can get stabbed by a pencil if you tell people you're not thinking these days. <laughs> <laughs> Your artists will go, like, have a mutiny. They'll all, like, do private meetings and lunchtime against you. You know, it's like, like can you believe he said I'm not thinking? Well, he says I'm not thinking either. Did he call me? What, did he? No, don't you say that word. He, he did, didn't he? He called me that word. Um. <laughs> yeah I, I i i think well i mean yeah i i feel like i, I think it's more it's more than uh i don't think it's that like i don't want to i don't want to it's not like i'm blaming people for not thinking um yeah. it's just that so this is this is like the main reason why i want to write a book and if you okay. if you know me if you know me henry yeah. it's like yeah. i don't really i'm not trying to be like um uh like i'm not i'm not trying to write this because i want to be on oprah or something yeah like i i it's because i well i i think i told you the story of when i started writing the book about make something fun is mm -hmm. um i i uh i was in level design class uh with a certain teacher <laughs> and mm -hmm. and um and he and we were making levels right and and so he he went through my level really quick it, it was like a first person shooter um and of course, and this is uh, kind of goes back to my argument of like, this is people's frame of reference. They start with 
like a genre or a game or whatever, and then they start building off of it. Mm-hmm. So, so it was a first person level tutor, and and the teacher said he's like he's like hmm, this level isn't fun. And then I said, and I like I well because he because that was his response, and so I legitimately asked. I was like, oh, okay, what what makes something fun? And then he said, if I knew that, I'd be a millionaire. So. So that left me with like two thoughts. One was it'd be really cool to be a millionaire. Um, And two was, wait, so if he doesn't know what makes something fun and he's a game design teacher who should be teaching a a product that is fun, then I I think nobody has really thought about this. And I looked forever on books and online and everywhere to look for like, has anybody wrote about what makes something fun? Mm-hmm. And there are certain books that, that kind of get, get sort of close to what I wanted, but no one really went to the root and ex- ex- explored everything. And it makes sense when you see such derivative projects of everything, like mm-hmm. it's the same, you could, you could, it's like a, uh, it's, you could forecast what's going to be released next, like from games and movies and all that, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. very rarely do you see a among us or, or um, get out or stuff like that. That's very rare, but, mm-hmm. uh, but so, so it's so predictable, but I think this is part of the reason is that people don't really go back. Don't, nobody has from, from my research at all. Nobody has, I've been doing research for 12 years. So mm-hmm. nobody has really gone back to look at fundamentally from a human design perspective, from a human psychology, biological perspective, what makes something fun. I don't think anyone has really taken that either seriously be, or, 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 or at all, because the two reactions I usually get when I, when I talk about this subject is either you can't, you can't um, define what makes something fun, mm. which is not true, or two, fun is different for everyone, which is true, but that doesn't mean you, don't, you still don't understand what makes something fun. And, and p- part of it, that, that part of... Uh, part of the formula is that it's different for everyone and that's accounted for. But so I think the real problem is that nobody has really gotten to this level. And since nobody was doing it, <laughs> I just wrote, I was like, screw it. I'm going to do it myself. And so I was like, here we are. Yeah. Right on, man. That's awesome. And it's really interesting because it's very revealing um, uh, when, you know, like uh, from the experience that you had that that um, game designer, uh, would would respond you know would that would have that sort of reaction um because he right is um first of all just in, in terms of like design and critique um you um, people wouldn't just give a critique and you know that's blatant without any sort of construction um so right. like oh you know it's, it's just not fun so i believe there's a few parts of it too that 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 really starts to um go in what well, one is that um you know, they, there, there's that uh, preference, right, of fun. So that preference of fun, that's not fun to that person, but yet they themselves could not even identify what was fun to them. So that was very, speaking volumes of themselves too, they didn't even know what was fun to them or their right. own preferences that they didn't have the answer. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 totally. So, uh, you know, every more reason uh, to, uh, to, to do this for sure. Um, but then you see the problem is that I, you know, if 
if every person you talk to disagrees with you, then you know that's got to be a problem too. So, so there's got to be disagreements. What what disagreements have you gotten so far on your theory? And I know you. I know you talked about this with other people, yeah. Oh yeah. Um. The so what the so those are the two biggest ones. Is yeah. It's just people saying like, "Well, you can't define fun," you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. and that that doesn't. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that just yeah. I, I don't yeah, know exactly. why they don't explain why you can't. Um, and then the other one is fun isn't for everyone, and that's true. And and the reason why it's different for everyone is because because fun is about discovery. Mm-hmm. And if if I saw a movie, if I saw like <laughs> Doctor Strange the movie, and then I took you to see Doctor Strange you would most likely have more fun than me because I already know what's going to happen, but everything would be a discovery to you. So, yeah. um, Mm -hmm. And so that's why fun is different is, and maybe Dr. Strange doesn't resonate with me or Mm -hmm. or does resonate with my fiance for sure. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, so she will not have any fun at all watching Dr. Strange, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that, okay, well then now you can't define fun. It just means that fun is different for everyone, but for a reason that you understand not because it's this amorphous, vague, uh, you know, like thing that no one could ever, you know, get a, get their mind around. It's not that mm-hmm. it's, there's a very, ta- there's, that's the reason is if it doesn't resonate with you, then it doesn't engage you. And then you can't have discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's something that you've experienced similar to it, or like, for example, like you've seen all the, you're talking about all the Hollywood movies that are the same yeah. to you. Oh, so yeah. now you're not going to have fun at them because you recognize these patterns so well, there's no discovery for you. Yeah, exactly. So, and so that's, that's why it's different. It's not, it's not, it's not for this, you know, this um, nebulous reason. There is a very specific reason for it, but it doesn't mean you can't, I think a lot of people stop there. They're like, Oh, it's fun for everyone's different. End of story. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. End of story, you know, because no one knows. How dare you? Okay, so, you know, the bad instructor, right? The bad teachers, the bad schools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So There's some truth to that. I have to agree with you uh, because, like, um, in design school or in art school, there is, or even growing up in, in just, like, primary school, like, always through high school, you know, like, there is a sort of indoctrination whoever your teacher is, is indoctrinating you into their beliefs. It's like, right. you know, and, you know, you would even get graded if you don't have a belief that aligns with theirs. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate. And we do see a lot of designers. Um, I remember, like, um, you remember in our school, like, um, we had that, um, uh, like, a, um, like a teacher, Marjan, um, <laughs> for, for life drawing. And, you know, and, you know, she, she had, you know, she was really good actually, you know, yeah. and, um, and, but she, she, she had a critique on a uh, life drawing teacher from, I believe our art center, actually. She said uh-huh. the problem with, with all the students who, who are taught by this person is that they only know how to draw like that person. Mm-hmm. And so they're indoctrinated, right? That's forced into them. This is the only way you can do it. Instead of showing them like like the the building blocks of it, and then from there on you could just build like you know and do it in your style. So there's like enough wiggle room to to kind of 
have your essence written onto the life drawing, drawn onto right. it. Um, so, so yeah, there's like, you, you, you know, like this love of indoctrination. It's like, you must do it my way. We see this with car design and things like that. Now, like, and, you know, you can tell what school, fun, this is going to be crazy, but you can tell what school a person came from when it comes to certain product design based on how they sketch. But then, you know, but then now it, you're right. It, it's crazy. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I can see like this and that. Um, uh, and then some design can, uh, from what I noticed, is like, yeah, just really just uh, just on, on what you said, like just hopping on that right there. Um, it, it's uh, there is something there to it, you know, like with that. Um, and yeah, so people, you know, what would you say then? Uh, for let's say a game design teacher oh I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this around that is so bent on his like his philosophy of design which he had not actually sat down and thought about it but uh, but is more than willing to tell you how to design what words would you have to him to help uh, uh, you know construct him better to be a better uh, designer or oh, that's, developer that's interesting. Games? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, uh, it would be so. I, I think it's interesting because um, game design is is weird because. So I I only know good game design teachers. Because because they start with make a paper. Make make a game on paper, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, no. Never mind. I know a bad design teacher. Okay. Um, so my 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 first game design teacher, he was teaching us how to do board games, right? Mm -hmm. And he he would say, "Oh, go play a bunch of board games, and then come back and and make a board game." I was yeah. like, "Okay, well, what is the?" And then even even then, I started. That's when I started questioning, like, "Well, what's the formula?" Like do you want to use die or that was his only rule was don't use dice. Um, and yeah. so it's like, okay, well then how do you make something fun? <laughs> and, and, and then he, he just said, go play a bunch of board games and then use that as inspiration. And that was, that was literally the end of his lesson. So, so that, that's terrible. So I would tell him, I, I would, I would go through the fundamentals of like, start with, I would start with the formula. I would say like, okay, first have them resonate so the first thing they need to think about is is how does this because you want to start because as a game designer you think that one of the things you think about is like how are people going to care about this you know like what is a cool wrapper or what's a cool mechanic that's going to get people's attention so yeah. that's where i would start i would i would have them do exercises in is it more appealing to do this or even yep. have have like a game a, a game that exists but then change the wrapper a few times to see how you can make it like really cool. Like if, like if Monopoly was just a bunch of zombies and you were like, um, you were trying to build fences on this property to keep zombies out. See, that's already like different and cool, you know? So, yeah. um, so I would have them go through these steps. And I, and I think the reason why that teacher <laughs> and other mm -hmm. teachers who may be bad, um, like John, um, would, <laughs> would, <Yeah. laughs> would, uh, would, don't don't know don't understand and then they just tell you to play a bunch of games and then make something like that is because uh, I, again i don't think people 
have gone back to the root of like, okay, what makes, what, what is the, what is the truth of truth? Like what makes something fun from a very deep level? I don't think they've done that. I think they just make games because they played games and then they make games like the games they played. And so that's all they know, but then that's all they pass down. So, yeah. um, so I would say, okay, try, try resonating with people, try different rappers, have, have kids, have students do exercises so they understand that like how the rapper changes the the feeling and changes how it resonates with people um even if a kid has a really good mechanic i would say okay cool how can we make this mechanic married to a rapper that really like promotes it like if you have a mechanic that is based off of uh timing like you have to wait for certain periods to do this thing or the other thing then make it into a farm because farming you're you're waiting you're watering you're 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 harvesting. So that's already time-based. So marry it to a rapper that already like agrees with your mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then, I, then I would say like, okay, now teach them how to create, how to create engagement. How are, how are the people always focused on what this game is? Um, <clears throat> how are you getting people, keeping people's attention? Like do if people have, if people can doze off during the game, that's not a good sign. So mm-hmm. You have to think, you have to make sure that everyone who's playing is always engaged or always thinking or always looking for the next move, no matter whose turn it is. Um, and then, then it's like, then it's like, okay, what's the, what's the discovery? What are the elements that's going to make, that's going to make this unknown where you have these, these cool, like fun moments. So I think this, that alone will get, get you way beyond like just just make monopoly again you know or just make mm-hmm. just make uh connect four you know your version of connect four <laughs> like that that's a good start but i feel yeah. like what they're trying to do is they're trying to get kids get students to understand mechanics and yeah how, they're trying to they're trying to get kids to understand what makes something fun actually but except they don't they don't i feel like in my experience i haven't seen anyone break it down to that level so mm. yeah Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. All right. Thanks so much for listening. To find out more about me, including where to find my book, you can visit me at harbingeroffun.com. See you next episode.